not much green on the screen. And this booze are basically flat. Hmm. I'm sure that's going to get resolved at 8.30. Hanging out near the bottom of the trading range too long? Kind of feels that way. Maybe Mitch was off by that steak dinner that by, by one day. Jobs number? Indication yesterday that's going to be hot. The Fed's going to be continue to be hawkish. Eric Kroll is going to talk about the IPO market of last year or the lack of IPO market and uh, if there's any potential buys out there. Woo! WWE. Mitch, start things up. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis did. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors around the world. We got a big day ahead of us with the December jobs data. Let's run down the futures and uh, then get into some individual issues. S&P's over 20 points off the high, had a nice little rally last night, but that is quickly faded. Bearing down on that low from yesterday at 22.50. Another good day for the buck, up 54 cents, 105.36. Bonds slipping by a quarter of a point at 127 and 8.30 seconds. Crude hanging out in a 73 handle, down 15 cents at 73.52. Gold basically flat after that hit yesterday at 1841.30. Silver up a little over a dime, 23.55 in Bitcoin. Smallest ranges, I don't know for how long. Down 185 at 16,650. Did I just lose audio? Dennis, I'm bringing you on just to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I hear you. Joel just lost audio, I believe. He went on mute. Joel, yeah, somehow I would hit mute again. Talk, Joel? He's there. Okay. For some reason, I don't know. He I don't hit know. no, no. He did. He hit mute. Okay. All right. Just was making he, sure. His just name making was sure. Mute. Did you hear my wonderful intro? We heard everything, and then yeah, all of a sudden, so like, I think, I think you got like a toggle switch on your keyboard, maybe or something like. I think it's mute the headset. Automatically. Damn headset. Because <laughs> it did it to another time. Yeah. Something. You know, I think right that, in that's incredible. No, I no, even uh, heard your woo. Woo! Oh, it was, can I tell it was, you guys something? I, I appreciate I, it. It was a pretty pathetic woo. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Your voice kind of cracked. Woo! 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 Like woo! woo. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm still, I'm still a little bit under the weather, yeah, but yeah. I forgot to tell you guys. I know I haven't talked about my trip last weekend at all, but uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper was there, firing no. up the crowd. Yeah, was Rowdy Rowdy Piper? He's still alive. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Rick alive. Flair. Rick, I'm sorry. Rick Flair is the one. No, died. I was going to say Roddy Roddy Piper Yeah, yeah, yeah. Died. I think he's dead. Yeah, like, Rick wow, Flair. He, he, yeah. He came he back from the dead just for yeah, the Why Michigan do I say guy? Rowdy Roddy Piper? I, was what like, I thought he was say? dead. Dick the Bruiser, <laughs> I might as well say. Uh, but uh, yeah, Rick Flair, he was there. I, I'll tell you, that, that stadium was loud. I mean, by both sides, you know, Michigan when they had, and TCU, that place was loud. And then Ric Flair got up there and he was doing his things. But since we're talking wrestling here, do, should we just go right to that? Or is Tesla the top story of the day? Oh, Tesla's the top story. Tesla. Okay, let's go. Getting the top story. Mitch, All right. Mitch, let's go to script. Cool. Let's it's go to script. Today. Script? This is what? Mitch Day. Script. This is script, script. today. Yes, be quiet, Dennis. Get out of here. No arguing. All right, let's talk about Tesla as they lowered their price of their Model 3 and Model Y vehicles in China. It's the fourth downward price adjustment in the country since late October. Um, And it seems like it wasn't only in China. It was in Japan. It was in Australia. It was in different countries. Uh, Not in the U.S., though. Not giving us a discount. I will let you guys know that one, but I don't know. Now that that 108's gone, I don't think there is support. 
Uh, well, we took out that Dennis gave his fundamental take in a second. 104.64 was the low of the move. You just made a new low at 103.08. And, uh, you know, the only thing I say about this is, you know, it's just the negative news flow just doesn't stop. And how many no. times when you see a stock in a downtrend, it's just bad news after bad news after bad news. And that... I mean, until that stops, until the news flow turns, which, man, I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon, sure hard, hard to be long the stock overnight or, you know, trying to pick a bottom of it. I what tried do you to be long it overnight. That didn't work out so well. So, <laughs> <laughs> And that was just an arbitrage. It looked okay. Thing. It looked okay. It bounced off, you it's, know, the 107 area. It's just it a lot okay. of news here. And, I, and I've ate the loss this morning already. Um, there's just, it just seems like Tesla Every has a day. date under a hundred bucks. It's like, okay, we got the pop and like, oh, maybe this is the turnaround. And nah, it just feels like, it feels like it's coming. Like it's going under a hundred bucks. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when the jobs number is going to either put it under a hundred bucks today, or it's going to take us away because obviously it's all about the jobs here today. So whether Tesla holds a hundred. Is going to depend on this 830 number. Maybe, you know, if it's soft, then the market will get a temporary lift. I do think it'll be temporary. Um, but Tesla just feels like it's got a date under 100 bucks. <laughs> Someone said, Gordo making bank. He's almost Gordo there. making bank. He lost a lot of bank most of the way, though, on this call. So it's turning it around now, though. He was going to eventually hey. be right here. He stayed yeah. bearish long enough. You st- it just goes to show you, if you stay bearish long enough, Eventually, you're right. You know, I'm sure there was an analyst back in the day on Eastman Kodak or on Sears that are like, this doesn't make any sense. And for 80 Sports years, the whole entire life, they stayed <laughs> bearish. But eventually, <laughs> Sears ended up going bankrupt. So Kmart, same story. You know, eventually, if you stay bearish long enough, you end up being right. Sometimes it takes 80 years. It's taken a better part of a decade here for Gordo to turn it around in Tesla. But holy mackerel, I mean, the stock just cannot hold a bed. Overhead supply. We've gone from 300 to 100 in three months. It's one of the worst falls I've ever seen in an S&P stock that big. So we've come from you know being a top five component to falling out of the top 15. I just there's so much stuff here, you know, and it's such a sad story here too. Really, for everybody who was ignoring valuation, if you're on and you've been looking at valuation, for the most part, you've probably not been long Tesla. Maybe you've been trading it, but for the most part. You probably haven't owned it. So, I mean, it's kept me out. I don't know when I'm going to get in Tesla. I will get in Tesla at some point in time if it continues to go down because the valuation will become attractive. But right now, the bears are in full control here. I don't. I still don't think the valuation is reasonable at this point in time. Um, this red arrow indicates when the Twitter deal went through. Right here. Joel, you called it. this too. I mean, this is the most logical market. People can say how crazy this market is. This market has been so logical. 2022 is the most logical year. Follow the Fed. You know, just listen, you know. And logic said that when he went over to Twitter, it probably wasn't going to be good for Tesla stock. I don't know how. Like, there was no way it was going to be good in any way for Tesla stock. You know, I didn't think it was going to fall like 60% or 50% since he's taken over Tesla or since he's taken over Twitter. But I mean, his attention's over there. It's giving him, you know, just a, you know, a, a huge platform to s- basically spew out comments on issues that upset people. So he's losing fans. He's obviously, you know, losing, you know, market share here now too, which is a whole nother, you know. Which, yeah. Yep. One of the things that I talked about, I know we don't try to get too political on this show, but at the end of the day, he's... He's upsetting the Democratic side a lot of the times. And if you think about it, the Democrats are the ones buying EVs. It's not the Republicans that are buying a whole bunch of electric vehicles. I just don't understand, like, the mentality there of who do I want to upset, right? The people buying my vehicles or the people not buying my vehicles? I don't know. That just seems to me like it's also something that... It's definitely going to hurt him in the long run. It hurt the, the whole Twitter, you know, just to give him that voice where it's just he's just opinionated about everything. And that's OK, but he's the face of this company. You can't be the face of these companies and then pissing people off left, right and center. So, I mean, that's hurting the brand. There's so many issues here. And the it, stock it, is still not cheap. 
Yes, it's cheaper than it was, but it's still not overall cheap. Just so many issues. He sold a lot yeah. of stock. He sold a, he had to sell a lot of stock to finance mm-hmm. the deal. That was the main thing. I should I, I mean I usually don't go back to my articles and find, you know, and I'm like, I basically begged him not to put his stock in the hands of Wall Street. And that's and I don't know where the margin calls are or anything. He had this he's when he sold did he sell a big chunk at like 175, 180? Like after after it already come down. And then I think he said, Okay, I'm not selling anymore. Uh, but um you know, we'll see how it trades off the news today, trading at the lows of the pre-market session. Dennis, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, a bad jobs number and, you know, this is going to be under a hundred bucks and I'm not, you know, a hundred's a nice round number, but I'm just going to stick with this monthly low uh, going back to August of 2000 and that was 91 even. Now we can go find some other dailies in there, I'm sure. But right now that's what I'm holding out for my next downside target in Tesla. All right. I think we can get out of Tesla. We've been talking Tesla sure. every single day. So we're going to move forward, to, team. Let's get well, let's get out of it. Let's go to, of course, World Wrestling Entertainment. Let's talk about that. Uh, all I got to say is... Rock is cooking. All right, let's get into the world wrestling entertainment as shares are gaining after hours (laughs) on the session that, of course, the company is exploring a potential sales. It looks like McMahon is joining up again to start a small window that he says that they could start a sales process, um, including those right now, Raw and SmackDown about to be renegotiated. Uh, So you guys are seeing WWE get a little bit of a lift from a potential sale. I think it eventually... They might want out. Um, yeah, so he's coming back. He says they're willing to sell the company. My question is, who's buying the company? These, we see this all the time. Companies put themselves <laughs> up for sales. The stocks pop 10, 15, 20% on it. And then no, set, no buyer emerges and the stocks eventually give it back. I believe today's rally is a gift. Uh-huh. I, if I had it, I would be selling it as quickly as I possibly could. Just my opinion. I have yeah. a crystal ball. Maybe exactly. there's a buyer lurking. I do not think a buyer comes to buy WWE. And I think when we look at this a few months from now, we'll be like, wow, we could have sold this up at that major resistance point of 80. Uh, yeah. good stuff. And I have no position. Really do I. About it, no position. I mean, 80, what do you think would have been like a nice sale? But it went all the way to uh, 84, 87. I'm not even sure what this high was. That high was 81.63, so that's probably would have been the highest possible level. But uh, I guess I guess Dennis, today, you know, yesterday we couldn't agree on anything, and today we're at least agreeing on a couple things here. Who's gonna buy it? Like I, I don't know. Obviously, we watch a little bit more TV. I see these no. commercials. I've no. never been a big fan of it. I know they have a huge fan, a huge fan base, but. Man, I, I don't think I'd be saying I'm willing to sell until I had a potential buyer. No, I I think the same thing here, Joel. I think why not bird in the hand, right? If you're long WWE and you just got 10% off this in this bear market, raging bear market on, you know, they they actually were, you know, so, so he leaves the company. Now he's coming back. I mean, didn't they, like when he left, they actually rallied the stock. And now he comes back and they rally the stock. So. I think the algos are just reading this all wrong. Obviously, they just see potential sale. Buy, 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 buy the algos. Potential, potential. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're for sale. Who's buying? We're in a recession. We're going into a recession. I don't think that, you know, that, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a buyer coming. Well, it could have been that there's maybe, might not be a buyer in World Wrestling Entertainment. But in Costco, it seems like somebody's buying because let's get to Costco as they're reporting their December sales results coming in of 23.8 billion up from 22.24 billion year over year and costco getting the lift here um we've been looking at that monthly chart starting to seem a little bit interesting but what do you guys think um great 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 company the stock is just trading a too high of a valuation too and you're getting multiple contraction here they're still rocketed they can still rocket even during a recession but again What's it trading? 26, 27 times earnings here, Mitch? I mean, again, staples we've always given, you know, above 20 multiples to because the cash flows are so sta- stable. 
But we're in a different environment now. And I think the multiple contraction is going to come for the staples as well. I mean, just to this point, you're starting to see some of these, you know, stable names starting to come off here. Now, we've been talking about deer for a while. That's cyclical. But what about UNH? You know, that stock had a huge fall yesterday. And you, you can see, you know, that there's people coming in here and selling now other stocks. So I, I don't know what to say, but I'm just, you know, you come back to Costco. I'd, I'd, I'd love to say in a normal market, I'd be buying this because these are really good numbers and there could be fall through and the stock is beat up, but we're not in normal markets here right now. Obviously, we've got jobs number coming too, which could change things, but I think we're still just in this market where you sell the rep. Uh, Pop got nearly over 464. Actually, oh, you, 460. Oh, Stop, Joel. You're talking Joel, through like a muffler. I, or I, I'm sorry. We're sorry to interrupt you, Joel. But if you go to your settings, you might have to switch your mic again. For some reason, to switch to your other mic. What is this thing doing? Go to settings, audio, and then just go to mic, select your headset again. We like the new computer. We were getting along the new computer yesterday. Now we're getting short <laughs> the new computer. It's okay. No worries. We'll get it fixed, team. It just it sometimes okay? it, it switches off. I don't know what the hell happens to StreamYard. StreamYard, if you're listening, what the hell are you doing? Mine never switches off. I don't know. Dennis, it's sometimes Give him a break. Yeah, we got to cut him a break, man. All right. Come we got him. over 460. There he is. There he is. He's yeah. I wonder if yeah. I'm, like, moving my cursor over things. I don't I think, think so. so. I don't think so. Man, that was a magic jump. We got over 464. 464.01. I drew a nice thick black line over here. That high was 464.70. So I just, I mean, you got to make that, you got to make that four star resistance and thinking that, man, I don't know if it's going to go back up there. I'd be putting offers out ahead of it. Uh, you mentioned the UNH. Now, the UNH, this got kickstarted with a downgrade. This had a, the analysts are kicking some butt. The first day, I believe, of that mighty tumble was a downgrade. And then also, I mean, you know, going back to the analysts are just kicking some butt here early. What, what got the, uh, the uh, avalanche going in Microsoft, a downgrade. So yeah. analysts showing some muscle here in 2020. And, and it seems like once they start falling, they continue to fall like more than one day. Like it seems like once they start having a bad day, multiple bad days come for these stocks. And that's the concern here is that once it turns a little bit, it seems like the momentum trader is like, okay, I'm out. And the value traders are still sitting down and saying, Microsoft 25 times. No, thank you. I'll take it at 15, 16, 17 times. I mean, I think Microsoft's got a date under 200. I think Tesla's got a date under 100 in the very yes, short future. Yeah. With, uh, and I think Humana Apple... I just want to state right there for Humana. I think yeah. what really got this uh, industry started to the downside was a Cigna downgrade and yeah, a CES okay, downgrade okay. on the third. Um, that was on Tuesday. So yep. you can see it on Cigna's chart. That was one of the really strong ones that kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And now it just looks broken. I mean, downgrades matter. Upgrades are not mattering as much. So it's like a market that you fade the upgrades, but you do not fade the downgrades, meaning yeah. buying stocks that are downgraded saying, oh, this will pop right back. They don't pop right back. So bears are very in control here. Despite the market just sitting here for about two weeks now and doing nothing, the bears are in full control. That might change in 11 minutes. Maybe it changes, and maybe we should preview the jobs number in, in a minute here. Where we'll obviously mm -hmm. talk a lot. We're going to get some very important information, which is going to be market moving, but... The bears are just in control here. And they're in control right now as we just took out the low. Joel live from Death Star. That's a chat. Somebody in the chat's a that's hilarious. Joel, it, it just went back to your other mic. I don't know yeah, what the hell is going this on. This good computer. He, he, he's, he's getting short the new computer now. He's really mad about that. We're about to lose the computer. Um, he's going to throw it out the window. I think. <laughs> There's something going to get really a downgrade right now. <laughs> Hey, don't Maybe worry. we should just run with it. Joel can. Joel, I'll give Joel's, the I'll give Joel's, the numbers yeah. here. Let me give the preview coming up. Okay, so non-farm payroll coming up. December uh, numbers coming in here. Estimate is two hundred thousand. Right, prior was two hundred and sixty-three thousand. We're gonna have to wait to see. Of course, this is the reading from December and the last reading that we'll get monthly uh, for the Fed for uh, Fed meeting that's gonna come on February first. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Will we get a breakdown of this range 
or will we kind of stay in a little bit of a pop? Unemployment rate also coming in. Estimates are 3.7%. Prior was 3.7%. Will we get a 3.9 reading? That'd be good for the market. What if we get a 3.5? Things like that is what we'll be looking for for the downside action. We'll wait and see. Did we get you back, Joe? Uh, 3.5 would be just absolutely disastrous. I mean, for the market, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we're falling out of bed here. Uh, we are through Thursday's low. I mean, we got these other lows in this area. 1450 uh, has been the low of the week so far. So. I'm trying to wait to try to get at least an appetizer. I know I didn't get my steak, but can I get an appetizer? At least. <laughs> I know you're close on that bet, Mitch. You're really close, but it didn't quite get there yesterday. So unfortunately, <laughs> you lost it. Um, close, yeah, close on accounts and horseshoes and hand grenades. Oh. I want to give my thoughts on the jobs number, though, here, too. Um, here's yeah. what I think is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but I think the result is going to be the same. So I think if the job number is hot, they hammer the markets because they're like, oh, my gosh, Powell's going to have to go harder or he's not going to slow down at all. And I think if it's soft, I think the algos rip it higher because they will. They're going to rip it one way or the other. And I think that's going to be a fabulous selling opportunity because I think when the dust settles and, and, and maybe even today, I think we could rip 30, 40, 50 handles if it's soft. I think the market gives it back. I don't think it holds those gains. I think there's too much overhead supply, and then people would be like, oh, my gosh, the recession really is coming, and we're not going to get a soft landing. So as much as we used to be in the silver lining market, what's the opposite of a silver lining? I don't know, but it's like Debbie Downer market, whatever you want to call it. Market. I, I don't <laughs> think – I think the end result is going to be the same in the next couple of days, and we're lower. So I would be selling any type of pop we get on this jobs number and raising more cash. Just my seems, opinion. Seems like we're going down a little bit ahead of it. Already cracking through. And, and it might just go. If it's if it's hot, it's going straight down. You ain't going to get a pop to sell. So what I'm hoping for is a light number, a nice pop, and an opportunity to sell that pop. That's what I'm hoping happens. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. That's what I'm hoping happens. I want that pop to sell. I'm over 50% cash now. I got my wife up to 55% cash in her long-term investment account, her RSP, which, again, that money, all it does is invest. It can't do anything else with that money. It has to stay in there. So when I'm 55% cash in her RSP, I'm very bearish. Last time I was this much cash was right before COVID. So I just think there's no reason to own stocks here, and especially when the Tina trade is dead. I've got other alternatives. I've been tying a little bit of money up short term. Trading capital is always trading a short, long. You know, I'm always using that. But in my long-term investment portfolio, it's not so much about making money right now in the long-term S portfolio. It's about not losing Not it. losing money. Not losing it. Yeah. So, But maybe I'm wrong, and maybe we're going to blast off to all-time highs eventually here at the end of the year, and that's what everybody hopes. But I don't like the I don't, I don't like the, the blast-offs. I'd rather, I'd, I'd, I'd rather see it. If it made the pop, I know what you're saying. I mean, we're building a base here, right? And I just don't want to get away from the base and have a day where just you're already 70 80 90 handles away from it because those don't seem to hold we're like we're finding support in this area i'd almost rather see it you know for the long-term health of the market i like to see it go maybe go down on the number go down to like 3800 3790 and then hold again and then work its way back up because it seems like these Quick whooshes up. Like we went to forty-one eighty on the on the last CPI number. It was 41, 40 handles below that. Uh, you know, before the open, and then the market got absolutely annihilated on it. So even though you know, kind of wanting the market to go up, I, I think these straight blasts up are just not good for the market. They just, as you mentioned, Dennis, there's a lot of times they just give it back. So we'll see. We got uh, about five minutes to go here. Do you want to, uh, Mitch, you do the preview? I'm going to leave you at about 828. So you got me for okay. another two or three minutes. I don't know when I'll be back. If it's a crazy number, I probably won't be back till about the last five minutes. If it's not a crazy That's number, okay. I'll be back very quickly. I'll I'm expecting back. craziness. I'll be crazy. Back. 
All right, but definitely uh, we can maybe just talk about what's coming today. Also, you'll get new big news from Biogen, right? As they release their results from the FDA on, of course, their decision. Um, it's going to be a big one. We don't know exact timing from what I'm aware of right now. If anybody knows exact timing, definitely let us know. But uh, it seems like that will be released today. Uh, Joel, what do you expect here? Is this going to be a, play a, a playable event? It it's just a flip of the coin. I yeah. mean, with this, if yeah. it's good news or bad news, what I'll say historically is what happened on this is that, well, last time, you know, last time it did a good job. It had to bump up and it held that gap for the longest time. So the previous other times, like it, when it went to like 480 that one time or 360, the real ridiculous ones. But the last time it had the good news um, it, it had a big gap and it held. So if you're looking for uh, a juicy number on the upside, it put in a, uh, a double top at like the 336 or 306 area. So if you're looking for potential resistance or a major breakout, the actual high since that mat last move has been 386. And if it's disappointing, maybe get your bids out there near 200. Uh, eventually fill the gap but it's by the you know it's it's yay or nay so really hard to call that one triple d's been in for i'm a still long, long it i've been long it it was yep. one of the first stocks i bought 15 years ago in the long-term account i have lightened it up along the way but i'm still just holding on to it it's been in there forever it looks like i'm a lifer in biogen might be might, it might be my longest Life. holding that i've ever had <laughs> it might be i i probably the s and i like i bought spy q's years ago too but I mean, of pure stocks, Biogen might actually, I'd have to go analyze it, but it might be my longest holding I've ever held. And I don't even, when I bought it, it might be 20 years ago. It was a really long time ago. You just have to start saying, that's a that's a Spencer stock now. That's not your stock anymore. I got to stop thinking about Biogen. So I kind of want to <laughs> sell it just because <laughs> it just pops 100. You know how many times it's popped 100 bucks in the Zalzheimer's? I, I know, I, I know. I it. know it has. I could have like made money and traded this thing. Got the 450. I mean, wow. Anyways, I got to leave you guys. Good luck with the Good number luck. here. I Let's think, see what happens. Uh, again, I just to reiterate my thoughts, I think overall – I think if we get a nice pop for whatever reason here off of it, I think it's going to be another selling opportunity. Okay. So um, if you're sitting with a lot of stocks, I'd use any strength to raise cash. If you're sitting all cash, I don't think if I'd ever be all cash. So I don't know. It's up to you guys. No, it's really up to the up to the jobs market here. Yeah, that's uh, it. the labor market. <laughs> yeah, the labor market. Back. Oh, the Fed. The Fed that does not want to see this market yeah. go up at all. They hate it when the market goes up. Tired of hearing that. The big uh, bad wolf, as I like to call him, Jerome Powell. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Do we get the houses blown down today or will we stay up? Here, uh, if you can, Joel, turn to the ES. Let's get ready. Oh, for yeah, this. yeah, yeah. As we idea. get ready yeah. towards the bell here, I'll, I'll give the estimates again one more time, just in case for any reason you guys didn't catch them. 200,000 is the estimate for non farm payrolls for December. Prior was 263,000. What do we not want to see? Lower than that, right? We don't want to see a light number coming in there. Unemployment rate 3.7 percent, prior 3.7 percent, right? What's going to happen? Are we going to get it over or under? It's going to make a big difference. I feel like the unemployment rate, if, especially if it's a surprise, could be more of a shakeup than the non-farms. But let's find out. Right. Uh, this uh, era of bad news being good news and good news being bad news. Uh, we have our high in the low in the session at 38.19. That's your low. Your high at 38.49. Not much up there besides your daily pivot. Uh, Mid-range on the session is 34, so um, for the Bulls to have any hope here of that 50-60 uh, point rally, you got to get through 38-34. Um, on the downside, 38-19 uh, is your current low of the session. Nothing there. Uh, for Ooh. you that are... It looks light at the first reaction, quote-unquote, okay. right? I'm I'm not seeing Unemployment anything. Unemployment at 3.5 versus 3.7. That's 7. hotter than hot. That is not what I wanted to see there. Um, if you were a bull, non-farms at 223,000 versus 200,000. Estimate of 263,000 prior. So a little bit of a mixed signal. But I think in the long run, that unemployment might bring us back down. But of course, 
you guys can see the first reaction is to the upside spy above 382s right now we'll see if it's able to hold that wow what uh some silver lining here mitch what are we uh what are we seeing here in this silver lining market with the hot jobs number they tanked it yesterday uh got it up here to 3874 but right now uh just trying to hold on that previous globex high what do we got on the upside? Thursday's high, if you're really looking for a juicy target on the upside, that's 85 and a half. But right now, yeah, I know spill buyer, hot jobs means no no recession, right? Spill buyer, you see how far that argument got me yesterday. So I'm not even going to go with that one. Uh, you did get the pop. You did get the nice 40 handle pop. But uh, as the uh, algos reevaluate this, let's see if we can get a sustained bid here at 38.50. That's uh, not quite mid range on the session. So acting the exact opposite they did to the AD, uh, ADP number, well, it came in hot. There has to be something in. Mitch, could you look a little deeper in there for me? Did. Uh, uh, wait, the hour, um, hourly earnings are up too. So there's yeah, the pop. I, there's the pop. The triple D called off a soft number, and um, here's the here's the drop right now. As we're coming back, uh, we probably got it. Let me figure mid range on the session here. Where my calculator go? Boom, boom, boom. Go ahead, Mitch. Dig into the numbers yeah, a little bit at for least, me. At least for me, I mean, it, everything the numbers point to is what we're looking at. I think it's kind of what Dennis was talking about. It could just be that kind of pop and then a drop followed. I wouldn't expect this for it to continue. Just as simply as looking no. at it logically, right? Now the whole thing is, does the market look at it logically? That's what you have to ask yourself now. Because I think at, as long as I look at the numbers... It would show me more downside action, not necessarily the pop. But as we can see, like Dennis was talking about, it could be those algos jumping on this and then it could be a, a fade into the open. We'll have to wait and see. Of course, we're up there towards 381. Um, we'll look to see if we really hold above 382s. There's a couple of wicks there. Uh, we just got a wick on the one minute, the 381.98. Let's see if we recover that 382 here and kind of hold up there. Um, but looks like, uh, yeah. A little bit of a pop. I don't think anyone expected that little bit of a pop, especially if you were just looking into the numbers. I mean, but the, Dennis the mark, got it right. Uh, the not the not the reaction to the numbers has been right. You would think a three point five mm -hmm. that they'd be going just like this hands down on the sell button. So you know, here you have the you know the rosy scenario uh well they just can't break this economy you know no matter how much they hire rates uh versus the okay well they're just going to keep pounding rates until the market comes down uh so far a good call by triple d uh we have lost uh mid-range on the session which is 46.50 the only thing now that could probably hold us up is if we get back down to that closing price of 29 even, looks like we're going to be there in about 48 seconds. So uh, pop and drop, uh, not the drop in the hold that uh, I was looking for here. Uh, but uh, right now, well, as of uh, 8.34, uh, we're still green on the session. Non-farm payrolls. I mean, the ADP number was right. I just think the market gave you two different reactions, Mitch. Yeah, and I think at, at that point, I would uh, just kind of lean. If, I, if you would have told me, you know, 3.5 is what's coming in, I would have been saying downside action. So that just goes to show you how you can even maybe have the mentality about even what the number is, not even get the direction correct. Um, so that just goes to show you how hard it is, team, to kind of guess into these numbers and guess direction. Because even if you had the number, would you have guessed the direction correctly? That's what I would ask myself now. Um, let's get out of that. Do you want to go ahead and get to our interview, Joel? Uh, sure. Go right ahead. I'm going to readjust my charts. Why don't you uh, kick off the introduction and get us started? All right. Let's do it. Let's get to our interview. All right, we got Eric Kroll, manager and founder at Kroll Asset Management, co-author of the Life Cycle Trade. Welcome back on, Eric. Hey, it's great to be here. Can you hear me fine? Yeah, got you. Can that light, loud and clear, loud and clear. Great, great to see you, Mitch. Great to see you, Joel. Yeah, definitely. Getting a little bit of a shake up, a little bit of a pop. 
with the unemployment number dropping at 3.5. I know that that's not what we'll focus too much on this interview, but what do you think about this, Eric? Uh, I'm with uh, you guys. I'm surprised at the pop after the uh, hotter than expected employment numbers. Um, maybe Triple D was right that it's an opportunity to sell. We'll have to see how the market uh, actually starts to act when it opens. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was a surprise. Definitely a tough one. Uh, let's get into it. I'm going to actually bring up your slides here. Uh, I got them ready for us. Let's get into the action. Of course, Eric is an expert into IPOs and even some of my dreaded SPACs, but we'll talk about <laughs> that. Uh, let's get into the action. I'll let you take lead, Joel. You're on mute, just to let you know. <laughs> I know I'm on mute. Uh, IPO proceeds of $22 billion was the lowest since 2003. Uh, wow. When have you had that kind of reverse? Is that like the lowest going back to like 1990? I see a 2016 uh, going back to 1995 here. Yeah. Holy mackerel. What What is going to, I mean, it seems like after you've had that kind of low, just looking at this uh, chart simplistically, you kind of had a blow off high and 2021, a crazy low in 2022. Looking for some equilibrium here in 2023? I'm looking for a little bit of an increase, but not much. Um, but it's just, isn't it surprising to see we could go from such a, a record number to uh, such a low number? It just shows you how much everything dried up uh, last, you know, in 2022. It's, uh, it was certainly, uh, everything got very frothy and speculative in uh, 2021. And uh, the price you pay is what happened last year. It reminds me of the dot-com bust way back in the late 90s, you know, early 2000. Um, so how much do you think this is going to affect uh, uh, the Wall Street bankers? It doesn't seem uh, to affect uh, like the Goldman Sachs and some of these other other companies. You think they prepared for this? Well, I, from what I've read in the uh, recent weeks, they've certainly had uh, lower uh, bonuses and uh, investment banking income from this sector uh, of their business. And uh, it's going to definitely be slow this year. It wouldn't surprise me if they um, had some layoffs in that kind of in that uh, part of the business. Okay, moving on here to uh, our second slide, Mitch. IPO market recovery, well, one to three years, I guess you just kind of answered the question for me yeah that's that's that it cycle right yeah look at look at 2000 you know we had all those ipos and the dot-com mm -hmm. era and then it dropped the following year 2001 but it hardly recovered in 2002 and the same thing in 2003 and finally in 2004 it picked up uh the same thing happened after the uh, financial crisis look at 2008 dropped it did not come back the next year 2009 um, and then look at 2015 to 16. Uh, that one was less of a bear market, so it came back quicker. But I think the, the thing to notice here is IPOs start to come out uh, in a bull market. And so until we get a bull market, uh, they'll start the, the, the people who are looking to go public won't go public. And it delays about a year. So, you know, we all know we started to recover in 2003, but the numbers for IPOs didn't recover till 2004. Same thing in uh, 2008, 2009. The market started to recover in 2009, but the IPO market didn't bounce until the next year. So let's say we do get a bull market at some time in 2023. I wouldn't expect the IPO market to get better until next year. Uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be a long time. Eric, what is this just more of a matter of the Fed? coming in and cutting interest rates, creating lower liquidity or higher liquidity for the markets? Or is it just going to be a, a matter of just that investors just don't want to be jumping into these right now? I think it's more of the, um, the fact that companies that are private don't want to go public until investors are, are in stocks are doing better with the bull market. I, I don't know if it's going to be better related or not. Uh, I think we all know right now the Fed's committed to raising rates. And until they somehow signal that they're slowing down and not raising anymore, um, I, I don't think we'll get a bull market. And then the IPO market will take off after that. I think um, everyone knows how bad IPOs have been the last year or so. And I don't think uh, investors will be having an appetite to invest in IPOs. So it's going to be a while. What about if you strip out the SPACs here? 
in uh in this well well it, it's look i mean i guess it's unfair to do that but you just had such an you what if you you stripped out the specs would it be like back under this 480 or something a little bit more reasonable or or uh, not well, the SPACs in 2021 uh, were about half of the IPOs there. Okay. So it was it was still over 500. And okay. prior to prior to 2020, there were no SPACs. So um, even last year, you still had a 500 number, which was higher than every year since 2000. So yeah, it's it's been a it was a really uh, speculative market last year. I mean 2021, and uh, I think it's it's going to be slowed for a while. It's going to be a while. All right, let's get into a little bit more of the uh, the dreaded SPAC market. It, <laughs> it seems like it. Trust me, I hear all about it. I had a show called SPACs Attack, right? I'm sure you even probably heard about that, Eric. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, it, like always, you know, there's going to be some uh, of the ugly names. And we've already heard plenty of uh, deals fall through. Um, is this looks like this is exactly what you're expecting to see. Could we see more of this in 23? Yes, it's going to accelerate. Um, the reason is, um, I, I saw this article in the Wall Street Journal about 70 SPACs liquidating in December. Um, and there are a lot more uh, in place for that because there's 400 SPACs out there looking for deals. And uh, there are going to be many more uh, just liquidating because uh, there's, there's no good companies to buy. And uh, the companies that are out there um, looking for deals know that if they... Uh, announce a deal, the market's not going to reward them. Um, SPACs are a dirty word right now. I, I think we are not going to see SPACs coming back at all. Um, maybe maybe for 10 years. I, it's, I, I think the, the, the word SPAC itself, if you use it and say you're going to come uh, public via SPAC, is just going to be a non-starter. There's no appetite for them. Well, I, I'm not going to give the insight in specifically what company has mentioned to me that specific thing, Eric, but I've heard that already when we were on SPACs attack and we were ending the show, we started getting companies where like, well, we don't want to come on your show because it's called SPACs attack. Well, <laughs> I mean, aren't, aren't you a SPAC? I mean, like, I mean, I, I guess if you don't want to call yourself a SPAC cause you've already de spac I understand that, but yeah, that's yeah. where you, the process went through. So right. we, we heard this from multiple companies, not going to put out the source there, but I would say that we went through this, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I've heard somebody simplify and say SPACs are crap. So, <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's going to be tough. tough. And I think that I, I would think not all SPACs eventually turn out to be dumps, right? Some of them right. might actually be some opportunities. Would you think so, Eric? Is there any SPACs that you're interested in? Not at this time. I mean, I, I was looking at uh, a year ago, like DraftKings mm -hmm. and uh, Virgin Galactic and a few others, but even those have all plummeted. So um, their, their patterns show me that they're not going to come back for a long time, if ever. It's tough. It's tough. And I was trying to hope on like uh, MP materials that was hanging on for a while. Yeah. Now, right. Um, I was watching that in the fall. It looked good for a while when uh, lithium stocks and energy stocks were doing well. I was, I'm, I'm still a fan of MP materials long term, but right now it just it looks sick. Yeah, it's tough when the even if the, the best name that I was going to try to pull is starting to get a, a really ugly downtrend, at least as of late, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough yeah. to hang in there right now. Um, yeah. And I think that in the long run, the IPOs didn't do too much better, though, right, Eric? If we think about like, you know, Coinbase uh, um, and that disaster. And I mean, uh, we can do Rivian. I, uh, I pulled it's been a disaster with these. I pulled the data for the, all the SPACs that came public in 2022. And uh, if you look at all the ones that trade over our minimum of $20 million a day, uh, I think I only found four. And $20 million a day of volume is our minimum because that's when uh, institutions can invest in them. If they're not more liquid, if they're less liquid than that, you can't get big institutional investors. And of those four, there's only one that was even above its 21 EMA, meaning that's like the lowest bar of being uh, uh, healthy is at least you're above your 21 uh, day uh, exponential moving average. There was only one and that was Mobileye. So IPOs last year uh, in general were terrible. And, uh, you know, there's very few to look at right now. Let's look uh, at these ones. You got three IPOs to watch here. Global Foundries, Mobileye. 
which we didn't. I owning Intel. I did not get a piece of. <laughs> yeah. Um, Academy Sports. The the outdoor oh, theme uh, continues. S P's are they're still they're still they're going higher here. I just want to interject that uh, they the non farm payrolls were revised down for. October in November. So another mm. silver lining market here. And uh, the page of wage, wage growth slowed. So that's what the bulls are overlooking over this 3.5% number. Uh, Eric, I just wanted to throw it in there because the S&Ps are approaching the high of the session. The mobile eye global, that kind of, uh, I'm a little, with what's going on in the EV market, I kind of thought, I know they had a higher valuation on this one, but the way that, do they have something else under the hood, other things that they're working on? Because this one is extremely surprising to me. Let's talk about Mobileye. Yes. Well, they went public uh, as a separate company, uh, I don't know, I can't remember when, seven, eight years ago. Then Intel bought them, mm-hmm. and then they uh, then just spun them off as, as another IPO. Um, I was surprised at uh, the fact that it was doing as well. Um, it must be the uh, the the market for um, you know artificial intelligence for uh, automated driving uh, still must be pretty strong. We know a lot of companies put money into it three, four, five years ago, and it didn't come as fast as they thought. It's a harder nut to crack uh, for autonomous driving than people knew, but. Um, I think it's you're looking more at instead of full autonomous driving, the types of things we all now have in our cars and depend on are what's uh, making this company grow, which would be the simple things like there's someone in your blind spot, you're backing up and there's someone coming. Uh, I think that's going to become standard. And um, I don't know all the components that Mobileye makes, but I imagine they're heavily involved in that. And uh, I think we all see that every car is going to have these things. Yeah, the safety, uh, the safety features. Those are definitely the ones that are. It'll, it'll be every every vehicle will probably have them moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. What do, What do you got for us, Joe? Uh, there's Global Foundries. Um, I'm looking at this one. This mm. did come out in late uh, 2022. Uh, took out the IPO high. Uh, came back. Can't quite come down to the IPO low. I know that you have your life cycle of IPOs here. Is this kind of falling into like hmm, starting to get interested on the long side cycle or not? Yes, uh, you've got it exactly right. Uh, Mitch, if you could show the chart again, the uh, we say that it's in the due diligence phase. Um, It's uh, forming this uh, long sideways consolidation. It had an initial run that was not very good Um, after the IPO. It went up and then came back, undercut its IPO day one low eventually and going sideways. So we think this is due diligence. The due diligence phase takes six to eight to uh, 12 quarters of earnings reports. And so you're looking at, you know, one and a half to three years. And then if it can form a, 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 you know, pretty good base here on the side here and then break out in heavy volume, that would be a buy. It's it's a nice long due diligence phase. It's setting up properly, and um, the same thing with Mobileye. We see it's it had an, a pretty good run. It's come back and corrected back to the 50-day moving average, and it's starting to go sideways. So I think it's in its due diligence phase. Uh, now Academy Sports and Outdoors they had a really good run this yeah. IPO advance phase and corrected pretty hard, came back and went sideways in the due diligence, and just in the last month or so it broke out. Um, it's not getting much traction in a, in a tough market, but that would be one I'd be watching for to see if it can form a good base here and then break out again. But these are three that we're watching. Yeah, I feel like Academy fit in right where uh, Sports Authority left off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think they just found that niche there that there was still some room there, some buyers and uh, Dick Sporting Goods compared to Academy. I've seen plenty of deals uh, cheaper at Academy than I've seen at Dick's because I've, hmm. I've been buying up a bunch of baseball uh, stuff. So Ac- Academy is usually my go-to. So wow. that just to, just to put it out there. And I think that a lot of people are noticing that, uh, that it is kind of more of your discount sporting store. Um, and if that's going to be there, I mean, hey, that's a good opportunity. And I have been seeing it continue rise, right? There's not many 
that have a chart like this. I don't know, Joel, if you got it up right quick, just so we can. Well, see I just that got the dicks up. Look at look yeah. at look because I like doing good too. Yeah, right? yeah. I look at uh, also looking at uh, ASO, and I like these kind of setups in ASO because um, you know you had the nice move, so you really on the upside. You know where do you figure a retracement from? You know you figure it from that forty-one, forty-two. But uh, what I'm what I'm comfortable when I see charts like this, when you make a high. Uh, let's just call it 53. You had a low in 50, you know, buck and a half. I mean, is that right? No, the high was higher than that. The high was, was... Uh, 58, right? Mm -hmm. 58 to just under 50. So this 54 area, you got three tops here. Very important for this to get back over 54 and prove, prove that it's not going to continue that uptrend and test mm -hmm. that high. Longer it takes to take out that 54, I'd be more about it coming down and testing uh, this under $50 level and doing a little bit more retracement of this move from 42 to 58. Uh, we want to get to some stocks here, but I just want to ask you about uh, one more. And this is a stock widely followed by the people in the Motor City. Also, uh, a very important factor in the housing market, interest rates. Uh, Rocket Mortgage here has come down, made a new all-time low along with uh, a lot of the market. Well, they didn't make all-time low, but um, made multi-year lows. Uh, starting to recover. I mean, it's just, just the kind of thing where you're just going to have to sit on this stock until the rates just stop going up or some kind of turn. Because no one on this show is in the big Fed pivot camp that all of a sudden things are going to change immediately. Uh, talk to us about Rocket and UNU. I believe it's UNUM, correct? Yeah. Um Rocket is unfortunately um, in the business of refinancing and mortgages and things like that. And we all know that with rates up, the demand for mortgages are down and no one wants to refinance when rates are going up. Right. So uh, it's going to be a to me, it's going to be all dependent on the Fed. And, you know, when will the Fed start to signal or even uh actually cut rates. Um, so Rocket Mortgage is a little bit in trouble. The only thing I think they have going for it is if you pull up some housing stocks like DHI mm -hmm. and a few others, they're acting better. So despite the fact that mortgages are uh, rates are going up, some of the home builders are showing better charts. And um, and could that be because there's a, just a high demand for uh, housing um, because it's been you know, there haven't been much new homes built in the last three to four years. And despite rates, people have to build the homes. So look at Toll Brothers, like you're showing there, um, Pulte and DHI, uh, DR Horton. So maybe that's going to help Rocket a little bit. I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's some surprising strength in housing stocks. I, I have a theory on this, and maybe you can debunk it for me. Uh, I just think these companies got tagged so bad during the financial crisis that they like permanently altered their the way of their doing business and so when the pandemic hit and you know there was this like sudden rush and everything they're like okay you know we're we're, we're you know we know what it's like when there's no demand and we acted wrong right or you know mm -hmm. or people selling and i just think they just kind of I think they kind of cooled their heels on it. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they knew the demand was out there, but they took it easy. But uh, we've been on the line with Eric Kroll of the Life Cycle Trade, well-documented book on the history of IPOs, quiet year for him in 2022. But we're hoping that uh, things pick up in 2023 with the market. Great having you as always, Eric. We'll talk to you again soon. Great. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay. I mean, All we right. have to go, we have to go back Thank to you, the S have a good one. We have to go back to the S and P's here as we're going up uh, to the highs of the session, 76 and a quarter. Uh, first target on the upside today is 85 and a half. That's Thursday's Globex high. Um, also, I want folks to pay attention to the bottom or uh, the top right chart. As I've been trying to reiterate for the last several sessions, we have a trading range. Once again, today, we tested the bottom of the trading range. Not as good a number as like Tuesday's lower or whatever. And now we're going right back, but not to the top of the trading range. So even after that jobs number with the wage growth slowing, still in this trading range, and this will be day 13. Mitch, what are you seeing out there? 
Well, just seeing a lot of, you know, media talk out there that uh, they're trying to put it on the lighter wage growth. Um, yeah. I mean, it was 0.3. I don't think that's so light that it, that's the reason the market's jumping here. That's I think the that- reason the market's jumping. It's all the wage growth. That's why it's that's why it's got the sustained bid right now. And for a point one drop. Yeah, the wage because because how does that because they're that kind they're of trying lift. to put it all together to say you could get a soft landing. That's what it is. You know, that's, you're trying to put that's it all together biggest, and saying there, there is a possibility here for I would say that's the biggest BS. Like I would just call bullshit. On what that. they're trying to <laughs> like they're trying to up. find the silver lining here. So just as much as I said we weren't in the silver lining market, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we are still in the silver lining market here. Because uh, it's I, trying to find it. This is when I think that a lot of the times, and I've and I've done this before, when the market just acts illogical, I'm just not even gonna pay attention to it because it's it's to me, this is an illogical move. Uh, I'm torn. I mean, we're still in the range. I think that's I think Joel's right. I think we're still in the range here. And it was probably as good as it could be, the jobs number, considering, you know, that the wage inflation is the key here. And it did come in without seeing jobs fall off a cliff. So it does add up that, hey, maybe we could get a soft landing. And I think the market didn't consider that. And that's why we rallied, we dipped, and then they bought the dip because they're like, no, this is a really good report. So I think the report is about as good as it could be for the markets. Very important that the market holds these gains today now. Because if it doesn't, if it turns around and rolls over on this number, that's major issues. So I would think that the market could hold these gains, at least short term from this. This is something that could give you a two or three day rally, but I, you can't chase it. You just haven't been paid to chase it here. So it, it's a tough market. Um, I think I was wrong with what I said, obviously. Um, you know, you got the pop and then the drop and then, you know, they've bought it right back up. And I think it's the wage inflation that they're plotting. But it's still early here yet. Algos are ripping higher, lower. Let's see what happens after 9.30 when the real money comes in. Can the market hold the gains? That will be the question of the day. Yeah, Dennis. Also, I think that uh, the scenario that just the, I mean, this is real early five minute or, you know, 17, 27 minutes after the price action, something that you alluded to yesterday, which yeah. we don't want to see is just like, and um, and I wanted to mention to you this at the top of the show, the night, you know, how, I, you know, for my volatility, for my VIX, I tracked the nine day average trading range of the S&P. And, uh, you know, we had those periods where, well, during the uh, COVID, it was 200, 250, right? Before that, in 2018, we had 13, 14-point ranges. You talked about in the early 2000s. Well, it's been steadily coming down here um, over the last couple weeks. So now it's down to 67 and a half handles. Uh, the good part of that is that the market's calming, you know, could be calming down and finding stability, or it could just mean no one knows what the hell to do, and we're just going to be in uh, in in trading ranges. Yeah, so that, that's a it. very yeah. It, I think you got to just keep playing the range until we go one way or another. I still think this isn't taking me off my overall bearish thesis. Okay, like I've kind of said, I don't think there's any chance of a soft landing, but this number gets me thinking a little bit. It's like. Ah, heck, you know, like if there was any number that could get you thinking about a soft landing, it's this number just and obviously, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to digest as I've been trading, trying to, you know, to take in, you know, what it is and trying to think at the same time how they're interpreting it. But if you had the argument of a soft landing, this is going to give you a little bit more. Um, it's going to give you a little bit more credibility to that argument. Can I give so, you what, before I go, can I give you one more fundamental factor to please. consider? Yeah. All right. So uh, I, I was, t- we had an investment committee meeting last night and, um, <laughs> and, 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 and I, and I told, I told uh, the uh, co-head of the investment committee <laughs> that uh, you and I, I were, that. you know, really, uh, you know, we we're really on, you know, opposite sides of the coin. And we were arguing about bullish market, you know, bearish market. Right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, she's in basically the no sell camp forever. And uh, <laughs> she goes, she said, oh, Dennis is so bearish. He is so <laughs> bearish all the time. I and, I, and I said, that's not true. I said, Dennis takes both sides of the coin. And this is, you know, what this is what she said. 
She said, you know, people that they're high, we're finally finally hiring people at their office, right? They've had a hard time doing that. People are coming back to work. And she says, at this point, people are still spending money. They are. You know, and, and I said, well, what about what about the uh, you know inflation? They haven't they lost a lot of their purchasing power? And she said, it, from what she sees at this point, they don't you know they don't care whether they're drawing down to their savings or what what's going on. So, um, but she's been a bull, and that's the other thing I just wanted to mention from our discussion yesterday. I mean, you talked about your cost basis and everything, and you know your Apple being you know the largest positions and things like that. I mean, I you know I don't have anything in my portfolios that are would be that heavily weighted, but if I went back and looked at some of this stuff, I mean, I probably don't want to sell it because I just don't want to figure out the cost basis. You know, if I've had some this stuff that, since yeah. the '90s or you know yeah. the early 2000s, so trading range persists. That's all we could say. I think it would be important to break into the 3900. I, I don't know if that if the market has the gas to do it today. Next target on the upside, Thursday's high at 85 and a half. But looks like we're just going to grind things out here in the 3,800 handle until that CPI data at the end of next week. So um, I don't know what that ring is, but it's, I'm out of here. It's, it's a Reuters reporter calling me. They want to call me. But Benzinga right. comes first. So we're still on the Benzinga show. Reuters will okay. have to wait. But oh. I love you, Reuters. Um, okay. I I'm really hop. torn here. I'm really torn because I'm a bear. I've been a bear in this market for a long time. You know that. This number could give you more of a lift. Like, I thought any rally we'd get here would be faded quickly. But because of this wage inflation coming in and, you know, and then you got the labor number coming up being that bad. And you're like, oh, gosh, man, this is a pretty good number. So... I, just, I didn't have this in my scenario. I, I'm just going to go back to what you said I'm, earlier, Dennis. Yeah. I won't even do what I say. I'll go back to what you said earlier. You said that the market was simplistic. What does the Fed tell you right now? Answer that question. What is the Fed telling you? Prolonged higher interest rate environment. No cuts in 23. That's what they're saying. You want to listen? It's going to be up to you, investors. Yeah, I'm still, I'm not loading up stocks here, but I think on a dip, you know, maybe I'm high at 55%. You know, maybe, you know, I've got to reevaluate a little bit here. It gets me thinking. I'm in the thinking, you know, on the long term. Done nothing in the long term in the last 32 minutes. Did a little bit of, you know, arbitrage trading. That was about it off the number. But I'm thinking a little bit. I'm like, I'm 55% cash in my wife's RSP and 50% cash in my RSP. And I'm like, maybe I am too heavy cash because if a soft landing happened, this market's going to take off without me. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, but this number makes me think maybe it is possible. That's all. That's all. Maybe it is possible. You know, whether the probability is 10% or 20%, that this just, number gets you thinking that it it's sounds like possible. hopium. It sounds like hopium to me. Well, I'm not in hopium because I actually hope the market goes down because I'm, I'm going to get I'm crushed. just saying, if though, I'm that, 55% that cash, this market takes off to all-time highs, I'm the biggest idiot on the street. So I've got to eventually that market hat money has to get back. It's like timing that market yeah, to yeah, get in. Definitely. So I mean, uh, I need to get that money back in. It isn't like this money isn't like I'm going to go spend this money and do stuff with it. I can put it in 5.1% right now, which is pretty nice to set, you know, and, and set. But again, this market needs to get money gets needs to get back into the market. It's been taken out of the market at pretty dang good prices. It needs to get back in. So I'm like, should I nibble in if we pull back a little bit here today? Like we, you know, get a pullback. You know, I don't know. I, I I will say it's a very bad sign if the stocks just continue to roll over. And Tesla is not rallying with this. Oh, actually, it has. Look, it's come up a little bit. It was 101, 103. So Tesla <laughs> still may have that date under 100 bucks yet. But I say Apple is a good thinking. one to watch, think right? on this one. Maybe Gets Apple. thinking. If Apple could recover 129, maybe I see a little. Yeah, bit and of I'm still hedged rally, on Apple, remember? So I could we'll relieve see. my hedge. If I really went full of the bull camp, I just, you know, do the options backwards and I'm long Apple from back, you know, at this price at 125 yeah. or 126. So, and, you know, I just scalp myself 30 points. So I'm like, it's thinking, a lot of thinking here. I think I got to analyze, maybe read some more analysis there from the wonderful writers at Benzinga and, you know, we'll go from there. But, Right now, I'm still I'm thinking more. It's got me thinking more. 
We'll have to wait and find out. Like always, we'll see. Was it the wage number that gets this market going? Or will it be the Fed that brings this right back down? I guess we'll have to find out. We will. Go do what you do best, my friend. Go get your trading action. Thanks, Later. All right, team. Let's keep going. We do got live trading today, but I will let you know after live trading, we have our quarterly meeting. So we will not be having content for the rest of the day. I will try to get to at the close with Joel Alconan as long as I can get in there in time. So look towards our channel to see if we got at the close. Like always, team, hit the thumbs up. I will see you guys right now on live trading. You guys can see me just stand on the sidelines, like I just said. Whenever I see illogical moves, at least in my mentality, like always, you guys make your own mentality and your decisions. But that just puts me on the sideline. I don't go and try to fight the market. Like I'm not going to go ahead and just start shorting the hell out of the market because that doesn't make sense. I also see what the price is doing. That would be logical itself. But what I will do is I'll just stay on the sidelines. I'd rather be on the sidelines right now and look for the price action to weigh itself out, really show us, do we break above the range or below the range? Until then, I'm going to be on the sideline. I'll see you guys a little bit later on live trading. Stay right here, team. You don't got to go anywhere.